Hi, my name is Jeff Pagano and welcome to the Harpin on Rugby podcast. We're back this week after enforced layoff. I was in hospital for a week during the World Cup and no, it wasn't Ireland's performances that put me there. Anyway, many thanks to all who passed on their best wishes and fingers crossed, I seem to be pretty much fully recovered. I've decided to do things a bit differently to see how it goes. Rather than cover different topics briefly, I'm going to try keeping each pod focused on just the one topic. On Monday evening, I had a chat with longtime Harpen contributor Neil Keego Keegan, who of course runs his own excellent podcast, The Couch Pundit, and you can find all of his online stuff at couchpunditireland.com. As much as we both love to wax lyrical about Leinster's amazing start to the season, I didn't want to let David Nusifora's review of Ireland's World Cup go by, so we had a bit of a chinwag about that instead. Here's how it went. Just a f- quick note about the sound uh, quality. It's... Uh, not so much, I mean, this is hardly a professional recording, but when, when I say sound quality, I mean the sound of the four-year-old in the background at one stage. Not, not, not a lot I can do about that. It's uh, We record in the evening, and uh, as much as I put a sign on the door saying, uh, recording, please keep quiet. Apparently the kids read that as um, uh, daddy's recording, please stand outside the door and make loads of noise. But anyway, you'll get the gist of the recording, and uh, please enjoy. It was a good chat. Okay, now it's time for our back and forward chat. And this week, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, that is the couch pundit himself, Mr. Neil Kigo Keegan. Welcome to the show, sir. What an intro. How are you doing? Uh, you go. Not too bad at all. Not too bad. Okay, so um, this week, I uh, want to do something a little differently. Instead of like going over matches from the weekend, I want to uh, go on a specific topic that came up just just before the weekend there um we all we all love to talk about rugby and give our opinions on ireland rugby world cup and all this kind of stuff we've all got our opinions all the journalists have opinions whatever but at the end of the day the only opinion i suppose that really matters going forward is what the um what the irish set up themselves thinks uh what happens at the world cup in japan and um we got a taste of that and just literally a taste of this um with the um with well, I won't say the release of the new Sephora review because, from what I can see, it hasn't actually been released. Um, and I'd like to talk about that first. What you think about how they actually presented this to the public? They, um, they instead of you know, instead of just you know, producing a PDF which everyone could go over, um, they he brought a select amount of um journalists in. Now, some people might say I'm pissed off that I wasn't, wasn't allowed into the gang, <laughs> but um. That, no, really, that he, he brought a select number of journalists in and told them what was in the report, which I thought was interesting. Well, what, what did you think of all that? Well, I, I think initially, uh, the, the theory behind releasing it um, as quickly after the World Cup as possible is a great idea, just to get rid of it. I think if you're going to um, do that kind of thing, bring people in and kind of make them listen. I think Metallica did that when they were releasing an album years ago. They said, well, you can't tell anyone about it, but here's the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, you only do that when you've got bad news or it's a rubbish album. Uh, with all due <laughs> respect to our lovely Metallica metal brothers and sisters, but um, either you release everything or you release nothing. And it's not like we're shareholders. As much as we feel like we are um, yeah, stakeholders and shareholders and things like that, they don't owe us in-depth information. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's deserved or whatever. But we we should either have the whole cake or not have the cake at all. And he's trying to serve 14 different masters here, um, which is, that was initially, as soon as I said, her was reading about a certain number of people are going in, they're going to be told about it, but they're not actually going to 
you're given a physical thing to walk away with and read. Um, I don't like that as a as a as an operating procedure, but it's only done when you've got bad news. If we won the World Cup, there would be every single season ticket holder in every single prov- province would have gotten a booklet. I, I don't like the way it was run from from start to finish. True. No, because I mean they I mean the RFU they do produce an annual report, obviously every year because it's an annual report. Um and you know that's available online and stuff. But you you know, that's that's more like um it's more of an aspirational document and because it's every year it's 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 almost like they you know, just make some edits to the previous year's one for the next one kind of thing, you know, and go over the Six Nations and whatever. But you would think um, nowadays, you know, in the in the World Cup era, um, the uh, the report after a World Cup would be more significant because, I mean, they, you know, they talk about a, wor- a four-year cycle, and that's what it is. It's a four-year cycle. And um, we, we, since the, uh, the, the, the infamous uh, Genesis report, we, we, we haven't really had anything, you know what I mean, to, to say, well, listen, this is what happened for the four years. This is, you know, this is how it went. When we conducted interviews, this is what we've run. This is what we're going to do. And, you know, like you say, we we, we don't expect the whole thing as a public. I mean, we're not going to get the whole thing, but they could could definitely release something. I mean, basically, New Sephora went in there with a certain amount he was going to say. He knew what he was going to say going into that. So why not even just release that as a press release for the media? Look, here it is in a nice, shiny little binder for you there you go this is this is what we're this is the basis of our document can't give you the whole thing lads because it's a lot of it was privileged kind of chats with all the players and coaches and that's fine we don't need to see all that but um it's just, it was just the way it was done and and the the articles that came from that were yes, that's the basically it was like stenography you know what i mean yeah, it was yeah. it, it, there, there wasn't room for a lot of opinions from the from the journalists it was just like well he said this he said this he said this and then, and then the problem with that is then you're reading about players apologizing to former coaches for the fact because they were taken the wrong way that shouldn't be in the public domain we shouldn't be privy to anything like they had they had a coach and player relationship that got them to the to the top of the game you know all the accolades that they had you know it's been a bad year and that's that that happens in sport but i just don't think uh, he he i don't think they should have decided we're going to bring in this specialized whatever amount 14 people so that automatically means that anyone else earning their living from reporting on rugby doesn't feel important when in fact everyone is important because they're spreading the game around you either you either bring everyone in or do a webcast or something or, or you email everyone a pdf like you're saying or you do nothing i because re- once you start doing something then it just because you're not telling the whole story and and eventually it's going to get to the point where like number one and the most important thing i know we're talking about when it was released but the most important thing is we can't investigate ourselves you know someone outside has to interview absolutely everybody from top to bottom from from new sephora to the to the kit man to the to the guy who drove the bus you know we need we need information from everyone and if you are avoiding that or you have not thought of that then that's another worry but i think i think we do get we do get kind of lost in the um the the procedural end of the whole thing procedurally it was bad question is was it done was it done that way to protect themselves because they knew it was bad news or was it done because they just really had no idea how to do it properly because of the shell shock that everyone was in you can't you can't investigate yourself 
when you're suffering from whatever it is, PTSD, shell shock, all these things. That I'm putting a, a, an over, um, that, that word is obviously not what was going on, but they were shocked after the World Cup and they jumped straight into this process. And um, I don't think we could, or any, they should be uh, investigating themselves mm. when they're in that frame of mind. And particularly with the um, with the European, with the Northern Hemisphere calendar the way it is, they don't have a lot of time to be doing that. I mean, the the Southern Hemisphere team, when their seat when the World Cup finished, their season was over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, the, the 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 Irish and all the European teams came back literally right in the middle of the season. So there was, there, I mean, in fairness, now there wasn't a lot of time. But so, but when you say about investigating yourselves, do you think that maybe um, uh, a, a sort of a a Genesis report type deal, like independent review as standard, maybe every four years might be something that's that's the way to go. Every single club at every single level should be having an outside person or, or company, if you have the budget, investigating what they're doing. Because if mm. you do, if you always do what you always do, you always get what you always got, as my mm. therapist used to say. But you kind of go like, there's just no way that we were going to get the full story, even if they released everything. Lucifer mm-hmm. wasn't wasn't interviewed. He kind of said, uh, "What was the?" What, he kind of half said, "Oh, I didn't even think of that." Now, of course, he, yeah. didn't, he, he yeah. just didn't want to be interviewed. He's a very smart guy. They're all very smart people. They mm-hmm. just don't want to be seen, especially the way it was built up. It was built up that we're going to break this quarterfinal duck. We're going to do this and that and the other thing. And when the wheels started falling off, nobody wanted to be left holding the can. And they kind of the, the narrative going out was to try. Joe's gone, so yeah, and eventually it's gonna, we're going to realize how. Uh, I know, I know the, the the people who wear the green jersey in the stands, in the pubs, and and on the pitch know how important he is and was. Um, but I do think we're going to get another level of appreciation going into the Farrell era because uh, there's going to be a couple a couple of tough years ahead of us. Yeah, and, and we're going to be looking back on these um, these years that Joe was with us. I'm going to start crying now. Uh, <laughs> he, was, he was with us. Um, and like Joe says, he has said in his, his uh, chat since then with the book and things, the book was a weird option for him to do as well, but that's another mm. podcast. Um, the baby in the bathwater thing, we don't need to scrap the entire operation, but we do need checks and balances. So Absolutely. If they, if they say, we're not going to release this report ever again, you go, okay, but we're going to have whether it's PWC or um, uh, they're going to set, find a, a, an exterior body from the UK. To, we know that it's an independent body and they're going to, we'll be able to see the changes from there. Yeah. We can the, investigate ourselves. Yeah, and the other good thing about it is is that it, it just, it, it gives you something concrete to pivot to. Because, because, because instead, what we've got now, we've had Rory Best saying something about Joe Schmidt, Joe Schmidt coming back to Rory Best, and yeah. everyone. Then this is the endless back and forth. It's the last thing we need right now. It's definitely yeah. the last thing Andy Farrell needs, as yeah. he's as he's as he's trying to get 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 things ready, get his operations ready for for after Christmas. You know, so um, I don't know, but uh, anyway, listen, that's the um, that's the presentation. Thing pretty much done. We'll, we'll try. We'll may, maybe try to uh, go into the substance a little bit. Sure. And you, you, you touched on what um, what Nusifora was saying there, um, and I just thought it was ironic the way he he had a completely different. He made a point similar to one I made, um, but spun it the exact opposite way. Because what, what I was saying, I was saying it as a negative. The way we we lost to New Zealand, who went on to lose to England, who went on to lose to South Africa. 
he he did it he spun it the other way he made the same point but made it look like well you know everyone had their problems he was saying like you know what i mean it, it's funny the way he, you can you can look at the exact same thing two different ways so he was really he was really trying to put a positive spin where, wherever he could you know yeah i think i think i think he was the glass is half full all the way through and i guess i guess he has to do that do you know what i mean like because he knew we were going to come out with or they were never going to come out with the entire uh, document it was never going to come out so he kind of has to spin it perfectly because he knows we're not going to re- be reading act what he actually thinks mm. so he could he, he, he's trying to be the nice guy here when uh, a lot of this and, and again it's 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 a delicate balance like we like we were saying on the on a couple of blogs over the last little while it's a delicate balance this entire thing yes there's there's problems on one side in terms of administration and management and blah 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 but there's also the, on the pitch there were problems too so it's it, there is no I don't think there was ever going to be a here's the here's the five problems that we had that caused caused the entire thing to fall over but the problem mm-hmm. we have is that the, the this uh, idea that they're trying to present an objective review of what was going on and they're trying to spin it and I don't like I, I always think of rugby as a very honest game, much like much like hurling and ga and Kamogi. They're really, really honest games on the pitch, and generally it's very honest off the pitch as well. And when you start doing things like this, spinning kind of... Uh, you and I would have looked at the last three games of the tournament the same way, uh, whereas he's looking at it a different way. And I don't think he has to go so strongly in that direction. I, it's very easy for me to say this from the couch. You know what I mean? There's no pressure on me, you know. So he, his whole his whole thing was on semi final. He, he he knew from February 2019 that that wasn't really going to happen. I don't, and the players knew, and, and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know how uh, how what other way he could spin it. He couldn't turn around and go, "Yeah, look, it, the wheels fell off in February. We were just hanging on." Okay, well, we'll look at uh, we'll look at a few a few quotes and yeah. we'll um, we'll pour, pour over them. Um, this one came from the um, the Irish the Irish Rugby website, um, and uh, they, these are all quotes from Nusifor. What he said, because basically, like we say, this is this is all we have to go on from the report. Um, he said to be able to manage the stress and expectation of performance. I really do believe it's an important area for us to look at and service better. The whole area of psychology has to be improved as well as health and well-being. He, may as well, of- he may as well say the first working day of the week is Monday and the last yes. working day of the week is Friday. Yes. It's, it's pretty pretty broad. <laughs> there. Like, you know, really general, general, general kind of points there, you know. He's but, saying nothing and it's just, yeah. he may as well just say nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was uh, that was on the Irish Rugby website. And uh, interestingly, at the end of that article, they say we're going to go we're going to go more into this report in further days. But that was last Friday, and I haven't seen anything yet on the website. So I think I think they are trying to, to sort of we've done that now. We've covered that. We're putting putting it all behind us. Um, here's another quote. This was this came from um, the forty two dot um, you go into the world's biggest competition and we probably us underestimated the level of support we needed to give players and staff around that area to manage the expectation that was on them because of the level of success they had leading into that Six Nations. Again, that doesn't really mean anything. You know, like we, they knew how to support the players. They knew what needed because they would have had that discussion for the last two years. Um, pressure, that's the thing that's coming out of this. The players, I hate to say believe in the hype or whatever, but 
the, that's the kind of stuff Rory Best has been saying since and then that mixed with a strangulation of any sort of player freedom has caused a problem but this what News 4 is saying here is he's just trying to uh, put words in sentences to stop the interview really yeah yeah he's also he's also um, sidestepping doing a sort of a Jordan Larmer kind of sidestep around the um, the whole he, he's he's conceded he's accepting that those players and staff are there we didn't give them the support but some people might say well maybe you sh- could have had different players do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's a, like, um, like you said yourself in your article you were saying well you know we brought players that were injured like what was that about I mean, it's a, you can you can give them all the support they in the world they need. You can give them all the health and the well being they need. But if they if their if their ankle's broken, yes. you know what I mean. <laughs> like, I, saw, gonna... I saw that kid's ankle break. That's horrific. And and look, I think we I, I know I know this goes without saying, especially when I'm speaking to you. But there's no disrespect or anything like that coming from either of us on this. This is just oh, I know. Quite questioning. I, I know. Unfortunately, in 2019, we have to keep repeating that. Like there's, but there, the reason why we're talking about it is because you care so much and, and it's either you know they're trying to be half pregnant um if you pardon the mental image but it's that's what they're trying to do here and all we should not we should not be trying to figure out what he means by a, a quote that actually says nothing like they knew the support of it and i'm sure they the players got psychological support um you know whatever they needed in terms of you know your nutrition your 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 health benefits or whatever you need they had all that, that yeah was, that was all taken care of that's the big thing that's going on now no one takes care of their players as well as the irf you do and that's and that's that's just taken as red so when he's saying support for players that's already that's already in the game that's already there so he's actually saying nothing again but he's also trying to say well it's tough because we were so great last year you know what i mean he's trying to i mean in in a way i mean in fairness it's good that we have this we 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 at least have something to go on because i mean what we do what you and i do and all the others some you know we're just if we don't have something like this to go on we're just screaming into the ether week in week out with our own opinions and uh, whatever they're going to do is what they're going to do so at least we have this to work with you know um so, but, see, but you see, you're, you're absolutely right. But the problem is, we, this isn't really anything substantial or tangible or, or anything. You know, we're, we're, we're still like, I don't believe, and with all due respect to News for I don't believe that this is what he actually means or thinks or down in that report. So all all this is is someone asked him whether it was in that presentation or walking to the, the cafe down the road from his office. And he had to say something, mm. and all of this was prepared ahead of time. Like, like he's saying, you know, managing stress and stuff like that. They had a sports psychologist. They had Enda Enda McNulty. Is not the guy's name. They had mm-hmm. working with the squad. They have the best physio. They have the best recovery. They have the best coaches. And they so, actually said that at the last World Cup that they were going to improve on that. They already yeah. said they already said they were going to bring him in. Like, yeah, and 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 like I don't. I think the answer to what went wrong is quite simple. But I think the 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 kind of stuff floating around around it, the what is it, the electrons and the neutrons, if everyone goes around the outside, yeah, it's just it's just, it's just clouding us ordinary level chemistry, apologies. But it's just clouding everything, and it's just it's it's. I think it's stopping us from having a conversation because I don't believe any of this stuff. Um, uh-huh. You know, it's just it's just Kevin Smith calls it chuffa. It's chuffa. It's nonsense. Mm. 
Well, um, okay. Uh, well, the the examiner actually did do a bit of editorializing. I found, um, and uh, this is this was a quote from their article on his uh, on his little chat. He said, without, "They said uh, without naming Schmidt during his explanation of the report to the media in Dublin on Wednesday afternoon, the main recommendations made by Nusifora made clear that coaching decisions were the main contributing factors to Ireland's underwhelming performances." So there you go. Is that is well, that look, is, that, is that, that under the bus? Yeah, that's that's firmly under the 46A there. Like, Schmidt is gone, and he was always going to take a little bit of heat if it didn't go well, because here. So it's it's it's, it's an easy way to deal with it. It's him, and he's gone. We've, we've kind of we've kind of figured it out and dealt with it. You know, when I don't... I, it's not that simple. You know what I mean? It's not... Joe Schmidt never missed one tackle for Ireland. It's, it's a matter of balancing this. If he says... If he's alluding, which people can allude to things and then say that's not what they meant... Uh, I've watched too many of these Law and Order shows where the things he's alluding to it all the way through it without actually saying it because he, if he felt that that was true and if, if he felt and if the players felt that that's the reason why they didn't perform, it would be spelt out because it heat off New Sephora. It means no, none of us are going to say, Dave, what's the story here? You're not interviewed. Um, nobody has has really thrown you under the bus because you're in control of everything. Yeah, you're exactly. driving the bus. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And they're just reversing over Joe and Joe's. You know, Joe's out there trying to sell a book and things like that. And I, I, he was always going to take heat. And, and Rory Best is always going to take a little bit of heat. Um, he's got a little bit more goodwill than Joe, um, in my opinion. But I think um, this alluding to stuff, it's it's a bit childish. Yeah, um, and, and I don't think it's necessary. I mean, I I, I, I wasn't. Um, I mean, there there has been a lot of uh, Nusifor has got a lot of sticks since he's come in, and um, I I never really joined in because I appreciate the role he was brought in to do. I mean, he's there. He's there as an overseer of Ireland rugby, uh, in all aspects of us. And this is not just the men's team. It's not just the provincial game. There's the women's game to be brought on. Uh, we had to launch a sevens program. Um, I think he was a big driver behind getting that up and going, and um, all all that kind of stuff. Sort of an over because a one person overseer of the of the program, which is fine. But it's just it. It just seems that. Whenever, whenever he actually directly deals with the public, it always seems to be you know, the, it all, the negativity seems to come from it. You know that kind of way. Yeah, he, he's not. I, uh, he's not good at dealing with the public. And then it was similar when um, the Grobler thing came up with Monster, and they tried yep. to do interviews and things like that, and the wheels fell off that as well. Whereas, hmm. and look, even you know, it's not po- political podcast, but Maria Bailey should have just kept quiet as well. But hmm. Everybody moves on. Like if, if if again, it's just it's bad decision in terms of managing a. It's not even a crisis. It's a disappointment. You know. Like the, the the world will keep on turning. The players are there. It, this is just a massive gut wrenching, heartbreaking disappointment. But if you talk to my old man, if you talk to any of the old guys in the stand in the RDS or in Lansdowne, whenever whenever we go next week, they're going to tell you about even bigger heartbreaks. And it's just you know because this is our heartbreak or our second heartbreak or well, I think in, in my yeah, I think it's our second real one. It does hurt a lot more than than the than the Argentina game in the last World Cup, but. This this, I don't now. Maybe they did deal with it in a similar way last time, but I don't remember thinking when I hear about reactions to the report. I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't remember that last time. 
Yeah, and 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 the other thing is, is that like you know, we 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 all have our heartbreaks uh, from the past, but also as soon as the twenty twenty Six Nation kicks off, like first kickoff, first exit from the first uh, possession, we'll have forgotten everything. We'll be cheering them on, hoping to win the next one. You know that kind of way, and we'll be we'll be well on our way to the next cycle. They could have, they could have taken their time with this report. Mm-hmm. Let the European season start because uh, they, I, I think they, I think we all kind of knew the players were going to come back with the revenge in mind because no one is more good than the players, and you can see how the provinces have been operating since coming back from the World Cup, and I think if they they could have built up goodwill in the meantime, released the report maybe over the Christmas holidays, maybe in January. There's nothing happening in January or whatever, mm-hmm. and it may we would have been further away from from the World Cup. Our each province would have had at least one good performance in Europe. Uh, obviously, for Australia, for Connacht, but you know, b- uh, momentum would have been built back up because of it. And so, when you read this and see this with a little bit of good fortune and good form and good vibes in 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 your mind, it's very very different. Whereas now we're still the scab hasn't quite healed yet, and and we don't, our tolerance for for BS is very very low. When they keep throwing this stuff at the wall. It just, I grew up thinking old people had better ideas than me. And it turns out most of them do, but not all. When the game went pro in Ireland in particular, there, there was two, as the years have gone on, there were two aspects which the, the what they call them, the alikadus. There are two things that they've had to deal with that, 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 that they really struggled to get their heads around. Number one is agents. Mm-hmm. And number two has been the rise of the um, online ruggers fair and the 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 increase the, the increased conversation, the midweek you know conversation of, of fans you know wanting to get their fix and and more and more fans sharing their opinion and kind of a groundswell of, of opinion yeah. there like you know and it's been hard to manage both of them and sort of this I think you know the agents is one thing and they've had their issues with that in the past like Sexton and all that kind of stuff, um, but. When it comes to uh, dealing with the public, I think this, the way this has been presentation has been kind of, they, they, they've had to sit down, listen, how how are we going to do this? How are we going to get this out here? Um, we're we're going to have to, you know, we, we're going to have to manage this. We can't release the whole report to the public, but, you know, so we're going to maybe, maybe they fell between two stools a little bit doing it this way. But I suppose at least we do have something to chew over, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, like, I'll throw this at you, uh, being the godfather of all this, like, if you if you were sitting there after the World Cup, right, you you have your couple of beers to, to to soothe your broken heart, and you go right. I have to sift through this and report on this. You you would not go through it this way, in my opinion. I'm guessing here. You correct me now because it's you, but you do one or the other. You wouldn't be walking around half pregnant. Nobody was there to say to Dave, "Look, people are just going to keep needling you." But you know they need time, as everybody needs time to decompress and kind of move forward with it because yeah. you make rash decisions like throwing the most successful Irish coach under the bus repeatedly and that's not that's not the way to deal with it that's kind of saying well look it wasn't our fault nothing to do with us it's the that's just not that's just not what happened yeah it's true no I mean I suppose what they could have done is they could have uh, preempted they could have come up with a kind of a mini report now you know sort of a tangible one now and then sort of folded in the overall Thing with the end of your report that was going to be there anyway, because like you Perfect. say, because if he because if he had done nothing, 
uh, he would have been asked questions. There'd been, you know, there have been stories written day in, day out. Oh, there's been no report. Why has there been no report? You know, it's a sort of, I suppose they were kind of damned if they did, damned if they didn't. But like you said, they, they only half did. It's half a loaf what they, what, what they ended up doing. But um, anyway, no, listen, why don't we go over what we said about it? We'll, fi- we'll finish off this chat. That's just some, some great points brought up there. Um, we'll go over what we said uh, in our own opinions on the thing. And, and, and you, sure. you, you, did a, you did a piece on the, the website. Um, and your quote says, The coaches had a few assumptions ahead of the 2019 season. Top players would be informed when it counts. All mindsets would be aligned. And that the execution of play would still be there where it was the previous year. This means that adding a few tricks to that would not be hard with the team being confident in game plans, etc. That's that's pretty smart, actually. Whoever wrote that, that's brilliant. Yeah, but the but, idea yeah, behind totally. it is like yeah. the assumptions that, that that you kind of start with because they were there for the last the three seasons previous. Yeah, most of most of that season, um, most of those seasons is players. Important players hit the mark in important games. You look at what Sexton has done in his career. Uh, even O'Driscoll did it back in the day, coming in back off injuries and hitting the mark. Henshaw had done it a couple of times. Um, but the problem is, while the depth is improving and is massively uh, a positive, it wasn't. It, there was still quite a gap in our captain positions, in our leadership positions, in our spe- nine and tens, for example, like Murray. I was heartbroken for Murray, uh, and I have been for the last year. The guy is top two in his position when he's on form. There's few players who can go near him. He's so smart, he's so intelligent, and he's 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 a he's a threat whenever he's fit. Now he had, he had a neck injury. They operated on him, and his body was not back yet. Now I don't know how he I don't know how he passes fitness when we can look at him and go. Right, your 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 right side is exactly as it was. Your left side is not quite there yet. I don't want him getting injured. I don't want any of the players getting injured when they shouldn't because it's within the rule set. It's a dangerous game. Assumption was that if you keep playing him, then um, then he'll 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 find his form again. When he wasn't even physically fit. Now people people are going to say he passed the fitness test. That's you know you can you can pass fitness tests. So Driscoll used to have a thing about how he passed the concussion test. You know the NFL guys know their ways around. So the assumptions the assumptions were incorrect. And and when we when we could see and and they always the coaches saw it before we did that the players were not uh, responding, reacting, or training or playing like they were in previous seasons. But there were these other players who who were stepping up. And you look at what New, New Zealand had a few new caps. A few of the top teams had new caps in their in their uh, in their squads, certainly in the World Cup. Whereas we brought Carberry, who, like you said, whether it's broken or not, it's still not working. Shaw was injured. Conan was injured before he got on the plane. So we're kind of there's three players, three really important players, and then you've got Murray as well. So there's four really important players who um, were not at optimal. Not even at, maybe they were at fifty-one percent. The question at the time was, and, and again, it was the all—I can't take credit for this. It was the all man. Uh, he was asking the question: If I have a centralized contract and I'm fifty-one percent fit, do you kind of have to bring me. Yep. Do you know? Yeah, that's that—that's a big point because I mean, um, I mean, you—you you, you don't want to be all um, dollars and cents about it, but I mean, if you're a if you're a money man and you're auditing the Irish team. And you're saying, okay, okay, so you're bringing 31, 31 players to Japan. You're paying these seven or eight players uh, super big money. Uh, 
and you're paying all these sort of standard contracts. And wait, hang on. And if they if they did that and if they left certain players at home, like you say, 51% fit, but they were still able to play, right? They if they if they end up playing in the the Pro 14 against Zebra, well, the, well, the teams out in well, the, well, the teams out in Japan, like these guys be going, well, what, why are we paying them that? And we're, you know what I mean? When when yeah. when these are the guys you're actually picking. Now that that I'm not saying that justifies it. I mean, I'd be more of the mindset of listen, best 15. I know it, this might be naive in the modern game, but for God's sake, the best 15 you have right now playing that are playing the game right now are the 15 you put in the pitch. And nothing will motivate any of the perceived frontliners than you're not picked this week. Absolutely. And it's not, you know, it's like, okay, we did really well last year. We won pretty much every game last year. We ticked loads of boxes last year. But that does not mean that that team is going to win this year. It means that all the other teams are going to be going, those guys are good. We, we're going to have to pay extra special attention to beat them. We're going to have to be that much better. So it's probably even better to throw in a few wild cards, like maybe a, a fully fit John Cooney instead of a half it Connor Murray. That's just one hypothetical example because you know Cooney's tearing it up now at the moment, and you know he's he's kind of the go-to guy. People are saying, well, he should have been there. He should, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that that's the kind of thing that's happening. You know, it's it's tough. Huh? You know, there's a lot of Monday Monday morning scrum halves. Yeah, it's be happening for a while. Like John Cooney, I think the summer off did him really well. Blades in comics as well. Yeah. I think the summer off does, especially when they. Um, I, I think if it came down to it and it was a quarterfinal, neither of them are, are, are playing, mm-hmm. even even if they are the foreign players. Um, so I think, and, and that that that's an issue. The form is an issue that I think we can all agree on. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think the summer off did Cooney a, a lot of good to recover mm-hmm. from last season in terms of just physically get a holiday, take everyone, take the family away or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Blade, Blades as well, massive season. He's, he's starting to roll forward again this year. And it would have made them more determined to prove themselves when the when the new season came along. Yeah, one hundred percent. And but mm-hmm. again, if you were to bring if you were to bring Cooney instead of Murray, it's half a mil sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. In, in Limerick, and you're going, absolutely. It's a look. As much as we love the game, and you know, for all of its purity and stuff, it's a business. Yeah. And you're you're leaving you're leaving a piece of business on the couch. So, that, I think that's something that they need to look at. Where you know, if it means increasing um, centralized contracts or whatever, Bundy's just got one now. Like if it means doing that, and you kind of, you know, or or something. I, I don't know what. How you yeah, it's it, tough because the centralized contract. I mean. What do, do, when you get one of those? Does that make you technically undroppable? I mean, that's that's the that's the underlying question exactly. behind it. 100%. It's a great system for keeping the players here, but you know, when it comes to when it comes to you, you've got a match next Saturday and you've got this bunch of players and you've got the you see what their form is right now and how they're playing right now. Is your is your decision? Are your decisions going to be driven by their wage packets? You know. It's hard to see that it wouldn't. Mm. Um, and they, I, you'd love to think, and, and look, they could have proved me, us, me, the theory wrong mm. by um, by giving Saxon a bit more of a break during the World Cup or just, I, you know, he wasn't fit. And you look at how he's playing now and up until the, the, the knee injury uh, over the weekend. But if, up until, from, from as soon as the plane touched down after his family holiday, 
he was Johnny Saxton. Mm-hmm. He wasn't unsure of anything. He was running the show. He slipped into um, the controlled chaos that Cullen and Lancaster have, have performed and, and, and done and managed in Lancer. It's like it, it's like the 2010 guy again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so the difference there is, uh, you know, he he was using the well, he wasn't doing it on purpose, but the World Cup got him fit for this season. And yeah. that's that is it was, like, it was like a preseason for Leinster, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Leinster, just, Leinster reaped the benefits. Yeah, and there was a lot of things like you know, I, I can only imagine um, if you were part of that team and you see players performing really well in training, but they're not getting picked, and that kind of gets into your head, and you see the leadership team, the leadership group being, um, the procedures being changed in terms of how the captain from the captains run on and all this sort of stuff changing. The, the, the coaching staff are taking perceived trust away from this leadership group that that leadership group got them the drop goal in Paris mm-hmm. uh, got them through all of these things that we brought up in, in the posts and it was it was I, I can't imagine psychologically and, and there was talk of psychology earlier on how that sits well with the team when you see the responsibility being taken away from the leaders in the group now I know that they asked to take a little bit of control back but, they, but then they then they they wet the bed against Japan, and yep. Japan were Japan were brilliant and an abomination and blah blah blah. But you know, there's there's no way that team should have lost to Japan. Yeah, and what what's they say? We put too much stock into the Scotland game, and we should have uh, you know we should have taken it as a two game block. I mean. There were signs from way before we ever went near Scotland on the pitch that Japan were going to be dangerous. There were loads of signs. And uh, they, you know, they played, they, you know, and and all of that was before the World Cup began, before we, before we knew there was going to be like hype at the World Cup, you know, that kind of way. So it was, uh, that, that that, that was an odd one. You have to remember that that, that, that we've beaten that team by 30, 40 points at any level. It, it, it takes extra to motivate yourself against that team as a boo. Scotland, who, you know, once in a blue moon, and with all due respect to our lovely Scottish brothers and sisters, they're not at the races uh, and they haven't been for a while. And they weren't going to switch it on at the World Cup. Japan were the team who were at home, who had this emotional high, emotional intensity that needed to be managed. And the problem is the team started managing it. Absolutely. Then, it wasn't controlled. And, and we, we were, but we were in control of that game. I mean, that was, we, we had the Schmidt playbook running smoothly for 20 minutes. And then, then uh, Leach came on, we missed it. We, 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 we threw a crooked dart and then it just all went pear-shaped from there. It was just all of a sudden, it was like a, a switch was flicked. And that, it was that from that moment that, that everything seemed to go south for, for no tangible reason, you know? Well, it's like Anthony Joshua over the weekend, he was scared to get hit. Uh, yeah. No, okay, sorry, that's phrased the wrong way, but he he, he boxed as opposed to fought. Uh, yes, because he didn't want to get hit because he knows what he knew what happened last time. Uh, he got hit with the wobbler punch last time. Ireland was scared of um, you know everything falling off like it did against England, mm. um, and that's they never exercised that demon, uh, and 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 the coaches took responsibility away from the players. Whereas I I thought and I thought I heard a rumor at the time. Now rumors are. Everywhere, but I thought that the players shut up shop 
had one of those Enfield chats during the World Cup. It kind of started floating around a wee bit that they, they kind of looked at each other and had a chat. Now, it's a bit late in the middle of a World Cup, but, you know, the, the bit where Rob Carney stood up and said, listen, lads, you you you, you prefer the red jersey, the green jersey, and, and kind of that was all laid out on the table. That never happened in the World Cup. That never happened before the World Cup. Mm. Maybe it happened over a cup of tea with the lads in Carton House, but it needed to happen as a group and then and then they say look we've had this chat we're ready to continue putting everything on the line we're going to execute as we've always executed because Ireland never reinvented the game in fact Joe would always say we'd go back to plays from the 1980s but we always executed far better than the opposition expected at times that the uh, opposition did not expect it so the mm. thing I, I would always equate it to the Tyson right hook to the body right uppercut everyone knew it was coming but he hit people with it when he was on form because he picked the right yeah. spot executed yeah. better than expected and that's what Ireland always did people say we were found out and that's kind of it's a little bit lazy narrative on that one but yeah. the, the, that's the part where the coaches didn't um, they took their eye off the ball a wee bit they didn't man manage uh, they could have managed the, the, the psyches of the players a little bit better when the wheels started falling off yeah, I always thought. I always thought as well. I thought the the, the wider game was just continuously evolving, yeah. and um, you know, like uh, bigger centers, all this kind of stuff. Uh, different different kinds of new plays coming in. Plus, the laws keep changing as well. Every year, there's a new. Mm-hmm. There might be new scrum laws and stuff. And I think I think maybe um, maybe we just tended to okay. Let's let's look at what we're doing. Schmidt was a real he's a real coach for, and he's brilliant at it. He's like, listen, you run these plays, you'll score. You know what I mean, and that's yeah. that, that's that's his kind of way, and that's fine. But that that only works if you're willing to evolve it over time, kind of thing, you know. Um, but but I suppose I suppose you know we're 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 getting near to wrapping up now. But what I'm thinking is, um, I suppose the the only thing we can take from this is ask ourselves what is the challenge. The principal challenge that's facing Andy Farrell now as he takes over. What is he looking to make drastic changes? Is he looking to is he looking to make a statement with his first team selection? Where where do you think he'll be at right now? Well, this is the thing. I think he's. I know you're saying it's 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 giving him a bit of a headache, all this nonsense. But I do think it's a little bit of it is. Oh, look at that car that's on fire over there. Don't look at me. So he's mm. he's kind of he's not being interviewed a lot of times on this stuff. It's 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 kind of look at Nusafor over there, uh, which I think is good for him. He's being mm. left alone. Um, and I, I was thinking about this on the way home from work today. Kind of what do you do? How do you do it? And why do you do it? And I think. Uh, He's got a lot of problems. He was seen as a defensive mastermind. He, it, that never really bore a lot of fruit on the pitch, mm. um, it, it, in my opinion. But he, and he's got Cat coming in there as well. Uh, is it Fogarty is in there on the scrums mm. as well? Um, which he's he's beyond solid. Um, I think he he's got to mix it up. I think I think he would have gone with uh, Sexton and Cooney as an example um, at the nine and ten. Obviously, with Sexton being injured, that changes it up a wee bit. But I think in in every pivotal position, you need one piece of experience and one relative new newbie. And I think that's what mm. you may have thought to do. The spine has to remain um, fairly solid. So obviously, the, the captain is gone from number two, but then you've got Keane Healy sitting up there at number one um, with a hundred years' experience. Mm. And then you kind of work back if you bring Toner back in, which I think you should. 
there's more experience there. You roll back into the back row. You could have, if, if you want to leave CJ at eight and rotate the, the six and sevens, um, there's experience going back there. And then you would have, if Sexton is fit, he's there. And then you've kind of got Stockdale and Earls Conway. They're two really experienced guys. And Larmer, who is, he, he's just, he's, he's, like, he's like a dog chasing a car. It's just, it's unreal. And, and you shouldn't, no one should be turning around to him and saying, right, Jordan, we need you to go two steps and then go to your left. He should be just play it as you see it. And yeah. there'll be someone on, on you, someone you on do you. Shoulder. Yeah. George, yeah. Best, George and, best this game. Yes, exactly. And, um, and when you say that um, Farrell was, uh, you know, he's a defensive, he, he was the defensive mastermind. Um, do you think he might need help in that regard in the coaching staff? Or is he is he okay? It, you know, what, what, what do you think he should do there? Well, I, I do think he needs help. It, it, the defensive system worked less than it didn't work. Mm. Um, it, only, only in my opinion. Like, I think, um, you know, it wasn't there in the Six Nations. It wasn't there in the World Cup. Uh, like you're saying, when the wide game evolved, you could just see us wet in the bed any time two passes went uh, either right or left. Like as mm. soon as it started reaching out towards that, the, that any side of the pitch, we would just start crying. And mm. and there was no defensive structure. It was all all um, kind of J four rugby where you're just holding on by the by the skin of your your fingers. You know, mm. um, shout out to the J fours. But I think there you go. I think he's going to be overseeing it as opposed to hopefully he'll be overseeing the operation as opposed to mm. jumping in. I don't know now, but like, if you think maybe he to bring in uh, Lancaster as a consultant. I would, I would be giving him half of his wages and just go, <laughs> listen, just come in and have a chat with us and, and just have a look at the operation. Like, um, the, uh, didn't Hanson or someone did that for Leinster a couple of years mm. ago, New Zealand guy. Yeah. Um, you know, something like that, just as, as he is starting his journey uh, and it's only, and it's interesting, it's, it's a three year contract. So mm. if it goes wrong. You know, he, we still have a year to figure this out before the World Cup. Yeah. And you look at what Eddie Jones did; it's not impossible. But that's that's the glass is half empty. Um, but if he was to bring uh, Lancaster in and, then just, and Leo as well, you know what I mean? And yeah. All the provinces in, and just say this is this is how we're doing. This is the game I want to play, and I I would I need your buy-in from the provincial level to if I say uh, Stockdale at fifteen for a couple of games, I need you to do that for me. And he, as long as it's not, I'm not going to all of a sudden take Keen Healy and play him at 10. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not going to be any silly stuff, but it's yeah. going to be things like that. If they all work together, like they were doing with Joe, it's going to be different. But if they can work together and bringing in people like Stuart to, to kind of go, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm doing. Stuart may on the quiet go, maybe A, B, and C is perfect, but maybe switch D around a wee bit and then. You know this controlled chaos thing can permeate its way from from D four all the way up to the green jersey. You know mm. we've got to be comfortable in madness. Indeed. Well, listen, I think we I think we sorted that out pretty well now. Um, I think Andy Farrell just has to listen to this podcast and he'll know exactly what to do. Uh, <laughs> Andy, for a small fee and free tickets, we will be there for you. Absolutely. And a tracksuit if you want to team tracksuit. It tracks it, tra- tracks it in work as well. <laughs> okay, well listen, thanks for that, Kigo. Um, looking forward to the match this weekend. I understand you're 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 bringing your all out. Absolutely. Apologies up front to everyone who's nearby. Uh, bring in the old man or annual outing. <laughs> we'll see you on the, I think it's the East Upper Stand. Indeed. Well, listen, enjoy it anyway. And uh, thanks for coming on and we'll get you on in the future. And um, if anyone wants to um, see, get more of Kigo, he's got his own podcast. Tell us a little bit about that before you go. 
Yeah, so we, we there's quite a bank up there uh, during the World Cup, kind of uh, ups and downs, and roundabouts of the World Cup. Uh, it's the Couch Pundit on Rugby is up there on Spotify and everything. I think it's everything else. And then it's just the, the regular Couch Pundit podcast where we talk about everything from politics to, to sport to feminism to uh, toxic masculinity, bad hair days, good hair days and everything in between. All that small talk, you know, it's brilliant, brilliant <laughs> stuff. Listen, man, thanks for coming on and uh, we'll get you on again. Take it, take it easy. Have a good weekend, man. Cheers.